Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, who saw this one coming? The Bills go to New England, they're massive favorites, and they lay an egg, quite frankly. They fall to the Patriots 29-25. The Patriots had not scored more than 20 points in a game all season, They scored 29 on the Bills. Once again, offensively, they were super flat out of the gate, had only three points in the first half. There were some late-game heroics from Josh Allen and company. Defense made one big play, but then when it was time to try and stop the Patriots from marching down the fields, they could not, and the Bills are now 4-3 and on the season. So, Sal, you just got back. I should probably introduce us, Sal Capaccio, WGR, (laughs) Matt Bove, WKBW. What did you make of this one? What a, what a weird game. What I made of it was it felt to me like a drought era game against the Patriots. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like when you'd go to New England and things just wouldn't go your way or you'd keep it close and you're there the whole game. Ah, yeah, I might be, might be able to get this one out. And then I even thought, Matt, when the Bills took the lead, I even thought about like, okay, how am I going to present this like later, tweet, yeah. talk about it. And one of the things I was thinking was, to say exactly what I just said, which is it felt like a drought era game, but the other team, the reverse, the Bills were the Patriots and the Patriots were the Bills from the drought. Now that didn't happen mm-hmm. that way. But that's how they played. Three points in the first half. This is this is becoming an issue now. It already it's was, but it's now even more. I'm 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 concerned about why where what is happening and why it's happening. Mm-hmm. I still believe they have a very good offense. I still believe they have very talented players and they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I can't put my finger on exactly why they're only scoring three points a half or no points a half last three weeks, three points, zero points, three points, the first half. But I will say that's what happens when you make critical mistakes and they keep making critical mistakes. But why is it happening so early in the game where they cannot seem to find their rhythm and do what they need to do out of the gate? I it's because as the game goes on, they were able to do it again in the fourth quarter. It's perplexing. Let me ask you this. I think after a game like this, everybody wants to find somebody to point the finger, yeah. finger at. And I think it's a little bit complicated in this game. I think it's a little complicated in a lot of games, but especially in this one, because I would say in the first half, it was the offense. The offense was not good enough, and they were slow out of the gate. In the second half, the offense woke up, and the defense sparked them with a big play that allowed them to take the lead. But then ultimately, it was the defense on the field to allow that 75-yard drive. So 
I don't want to simply say it was the offense or it was the defense. I think they got outplayed offensively, defensively, and they got outcoached. I think it was everything. But is there one that maybe stands out more to you? Or do you think? Um, you I, yeah, that? yeah, I, I do think the offense stands out more. But in the critical moment, the defense failed it, right? They, 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 mm-hmm. they needed to make a stop. They didn't make a stop. But the offense, to me, overall big picture from kickoff to end of the game, the offense is more concerning to me. Because the defense still, you know, they, they had to play a couple short fields because of an interception, because of a punt return. Yeah. And they gave up, I mean, they gave up enough yard, what, 370-something, I think, is the total yardage. So it wasn't like they got boat raced. And even, like, the run defense against a team that wanted to run the ball was okay. The Bills gave up, I think, less than 100 yards rushing and four yards of carry, I think, which is fine. I can live with that mm-hmm. all day. I will tell you, though, I really think today was a day. We are here on Sunday still, by the way, talking to everybody. <laughs> yeah, they I missed think them. today was a day that they really missed Matt Milano and Ed oh, Oliver, yeah. but especially Matt Milano. I'd even go as far as to say, I think Matt Milano might have actually made the tackle on the screen pass to start the final drive. Yeah, that's that to me. That's that's the difference he can make a play like that. Mm-hmm. I think that. They missed those guys. They missed Daquan Jones. I think that they were not getting any push from their interior line. And I think that that made Mac Jones way too comfortable in the pocket. And that allowed them to kind of pick apart the Bills secondary in a way that they haven't had recently. It did not happen last week with Tyrod. I just think that, you know, the Bills edge rushers didn't splash a ton in this game. They got there a couple times, but I think a big reason why was because there wasn't much help coming from the interior. So so the Patriots were just making sure that they didn't get beat on the edge, and they were basically able to contain that. And Mac Jones looked like an above average to a really good quarterback, and it's the first time all season that he's been able to do that. I, I agree with you that I think the offense is more concerning because it's a trend, but at the same time, I think I'm a little bit more confident that the offense will be able to figure it out, and I'm not super confident the defense will be able to ultimately turn things around. And also, while we're doing this, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if you saw me like stop. I, yeah. Yeah, the Eagles, watch, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you're watching the game as well. Okay, I was like, I oh, wow, it's nice I know. Call. People listening to this probably know what the result is by now anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So I think offensively, You've got Josh Allen. You've got Stefan Diggs. As long as you have those two, I feel like there's a chance you can snap out of this. But defensively, you're already so banged up. And Mac Jones is probably the worst quarterback that you're going to play for the rest of the year. Probably. Yeah, I, 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 I think the injuries, because if you don't start getting – yeah, because of the injuries, you can't replace Matt Milano, and he's not coming back anytime soon. I mean, we don't think he's coming back for the season. Let's see. No. You can't replace Daquan Jones and what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. Lose that Oliver, Tredavious White. Yeah, that's a lot to overcome. You know, I think fans, sometimes I think fans think that many fans, not every fan, of course, things that they should have all pros at every position and including backups. If not, they stink, right? Like, I can't mm-hmm. believe that. But if that's the reality of life. You can't. Mm-hmm. And they don't. And they're hurt right now. And they had some injuries in this game. And those injuries really hurt. Now, your point on Mac Jones is 100% right. They gave them, they could not get a push in the interior which they've been so good at, which then makes them flush out and then could have Bommeler or Greg Rousseau or whatever do that. But I also will give credit to the Patriots. I thought the Patriots had a good game plan. They mitigated some of that. AJ Epinesa said it after the game in the locker room. He said, they, you know, they got the ball out of his hands quickly. They knew exactly what they wanted to do with it. They were able to do with it. And that's the other team doing things too. You're allowed to do that. That's why they get paid, right? So I, I give them some credit, but I agree that not having those guys hurt much I would say not having Oliver and Jones hurt much more in the passing. Yes. Yeah. 
run game on defense today. Yeah, they actually did a pretty good job defending the run. I mean, it wasn't great. They gave up a couple big ones, but overall, they did a much better job than I thought. I thought going into this game, the Patriots were going to run the ball like 30 times, and I thought it was going to be Stevenson gets 20, Zeke gets 10, whatever it is. But, I mean, Zeke rushed for nine times for 34 yards, 3.8 a carry, and Zeke had 11 for 31, so 2.8. I mean, Demario Douglas busted off one for 20 yards. But besides that, they really weren't effective in the run game. They were fine. The thing that struggles – the thing that they've struggled with at times all season and that ultimately hurt them again today – we're like those screen short passes because they're yes. missing the open field tackles. And that's what happened on the last drive. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson takes that one. I think it was like 35 yards or something. I don't want to hear anything about penalties. I understand that the officiating in the NFL is brutal, but it happens in every game and it happens both ways. Well, so, I want to hear about penalties for the fact that the bills are committing them. It's ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Like way, way like too not much. Complain about them. No, that's what I mean. I, I just don't think I've seen a couple of people say like, well, it should have been a penalty. And they, I know they threw the flag. And if you look back at the replay, it's pretty close. It could probably go either way. Probably honestly looks like a penalty. But if you freeze any play at any moment, you could probably find a penalty in the NFL. So I think the officiating in the league is a huge problem, but I don't think that's the reason why the Bills lost the game. They should have never been in that position to begin with. And even after giving up the big play, you still had the Patriots at like your 40. And you at the worst, you're talking about going overtime. There's no way you should be letting them get down the field and score a touchdown. No way. It's Mac Jones. Yeah. And, um, so much about it. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. You Can know, I say what? One, yeah, I say, I I'm, say, I'm at a loss for words. You go ahead. I'm formulating a thought. Go ahead. Them losing is not good, right? Like you, it's you'd rather have this happen and sneak out a win like they did against the Giants. Oh, yeah. But maybe this will be a wake up call, and maybe it did not hit them after the Giants game as hard as it should have. They have some serious flaws that they need to figure out now. I still think that they are a team that gets to the playoffs. And I think if you're a good enough team to get to the playoffs and you get hot at the right time, the NFL is weird. And who knows what's going to happen? I thought about this today after the game because I've thought about all the teams that, you know, have kind of gone on runs. And besides the Chiefs, the Bengals snuck into the playoffs that year that they went to the Super Bowl and barely won their first game in the playoffs. And it's like, okay. There's something to be said. I know it's not easy for fans. I know it's not easy for the team either. There's something to be said about like a grind to get to the playoffs. I think it does make you a little bit more battle tested when it happens. And I also think there's something to be said. Josh Allen in the second half has been awesome for the last couple weeks. And that's the guy you need to be awesome. So I think there is some optimism there of like, okay, when he needs to lose his mind, he does. But why is it taking them so long to get out of the gate? This is, I'm concerned, legitimately concerned, but I'm also not at a panic level yet. No. Well, you touched on a few things there. So I'm glad you did. You kind of opened the door to where we All should over go the next. Place. All right, no, that's okay. You open the door to where we need to go next, which is the offense. I'll give you a great stat. You said it. This is great. I'm glad you brought it up. I, I, I did my arrow up, arrow down column, WGR. 550.com and one of my arrows up for the game was Josh in the last two minutes last two drives mm-hmm. well before the final final drive but he was when he when the Bills got the ball down 22 to 10 with less mm-hmm. than eight minutes left dude went six for six got a touchdown then they get the ball back he goes another three for four or two for three for another touchdown like 
And then he scores mm-hmm. with his legs. He was eight for nine on those two drives yep. with a touchdown running and a touchdown passing. So you're right. The other thing that they did really well there was they went two minute. They went up tempo. And I think there's something to be said for that, right? So why don't they? So I, I actually asked Dawson Knox about that after the game, and I thought his answer was really interesting. So let's talk about the offense too now. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo. Bills lose 29-25 to the New England Patriots. Just a, a, a tough game to, to watch, to stomach, and to see the Bills come out on the losing end of. But in the game, the Bills, when they when the chips were down late and they had to score, they go two-minute, and they just went bam, 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 right down the field. We've seen mm-hmm. that happen before. And I said to Dawson Knox after the game in the locker room, I said, you know, why is that? And is that something you might want to consider doing more of going forward, just regular? He said, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. He said, you know, when, you, when you're in that mode, you're keeping things simple. And you're just, you're, you're just kind of really going quick, finding the matchup. You hit and you run you know, one route. You run it, basically. I don't think he said it like that. But he said he did, he did use the word simpler. Mm-hmm. Matt, earlier this week, Gabe Davis talked about simplifying the offense. Yep. Is this offense too complicated? Are they trying to do too much? Is that why they come out of the game? They're trying to do all this stuff and here's the game plan and is that what the answer is? Maybe, maybe they just need to say, "Hey, let's go a little tempo. Let's make things a little simpler. You go here, run to the fire hydrant, turn around. I'm hitting you, man." I think they're in their own heads. I think they're trying to do too much, and I think whenever yeah. you're trying to do too much at any level of anything, yeah. you do not perform your best. And I think that's what's happening to them. And I think that's from the top down. I think that's Dorsey. I think that's Josh. And I think that's a little bit of everybody else. Yeah. I sat there, so I did not end up going to New England. I had a wedding in town this weekend. We sent somebody else for Channel Seven. Brian Aldridge was there. She did a great job. So I'm watching the game on TV. I never watch games on TV. At times, it was pain. I had major FOMO of not being in the game, but I also was just like listening to the broadcast. And they kept talking about, look at the Bills, spreading the ball out to all these different people. Screw that, man. Get the ball to your playmakers and go make plays. Like, I don't care that you're throwing it to eight or nine different people. And this is the conversation we had after the last episode of like, are they targeting digs too much? Heck no, they're not targeting digs too much. He's their best player. Look what happens when they need a play. They go out and get him. Quite frankly, they're targeting all those people, and it's hurting them because they're trying to get everybody involved. I think. Well, this- let me ask you a question, though. This is a great debate. I- I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you because I think this. You can look at this both ways. I don't disagree at all that you. Know, I mean, you can. Josh said it. You got to get the ball to Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. But Matt, outside Stefan Diggs, now Dalton Kincaid, we can talk about him in a minute. He had a this is a problem. Game. What you're about to say is a huge problem. Matt, they had Stefan Diggs had six catches. Mm-hmm. All of the other wide receivers combined had seven catches. Four different guys. That's a problem. Yeah, so I know you say, it's well, a, it's, just keep throwing the ball a step on Diggs, but 
you can't have your number two receiver having one catch and one of your number and your number three receiver Deontay Hardy having one catch. You can't have that happen. I think those are flaws with the the maybe the people they have. And I think that given the current people they have, they should be going to digs as much as humanly possible. What I'm saying is like, it's not good enough to have five targets and one catch for Gabe Davis. I'm sure some of that is scheme. And I'm sure that, you know, Josh probably wants some of the throws back. You need more from your number two wide receiver. You need more from your number three wide receiver. You need more from your tight end who makes a ton of money and gets targeted multiple times and finishes the day with one catch, right? Like, you have the pieces or you thought you had the pieces and they are not performing. Today, the only people who stepped up offensively, offensively were James Cook, weapons-wise, like Josh is a separate thing. James Cook, Stefan Diggs, and Dalton Kincaid. Mm-hmm. Everybody else left more to be desired. So if everybody else is leaving more to be desired, what do you do? Are, are you going all in on the season with a week and a half to the deadline? Are you trying to add a receiver? Or well, you can. I don't know. I, I genuinely do not know, but it is painfully obvious. We're recording this on Sunday Night Football, and I'm sitting here watching the Eagles play. The weapons that the Eagles have, it's unbelievable. It's like you got A.J. Brown. You've got Devonta Smith. You've got Dallas Scott. You've got all these guys. Like, the, When's the last time? I don't want to like go too overboard here. They scored 48 points a couple weeks ago. When's the last time a Bills player made like a legit contested catch? I can't think of one. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to think maybe. That's what I, but like the fact that it doesn't immediately jump out to you is a bit concerning. I'm trying to think, but uh, I know you're using the Eagles as an example, but I think even like their fans are upset right now with the way their offense is playing, to be quite honest with you. I mean, tonight we're watching this game. They're playing pretty well. Yeah, well, it's also tough to gauge because the Bills scored 48 points on this defense. And so maybe the defense isn't quite there. So so Brown, I'm looking at their, their stats just as an example. Brown has 42 catches. Smith 42 has, yards. 42 yards. No, no, no. Oh, you mean on the season? AJ Brown on the season coming in tonight. 42 mm-hmm. catches, 28 yard, or 28 catches for um, Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. The Bills, they're number one and two. 55. You have to go down to 22. It's not. It's it's not as bad as the distribution. A little bit more less. So yeah. I think there's a perception of oh my god. These guys don't get the ball nearly enough. I think Gabe Davis has actually had, you know, he's got 22 catches on the air today in this game, only one. Mm-hmm. I find, and look, some of the some of the targets for Gabe today were Josh rolling out and trying and missing him. Message, and, missing and missing him. him. Yeah. And I thought Josh, by the way, had some accuracy issues today. So did I. So did Josh, I. I didn't know if it was I, a shoulder thing. I, I agree with you. It might have been. Josh missed the open ball to Stefan Diggs. He had him. He should have hit him yeah. over the top. That Deep happened. shot. Hey. It's a it's a fifty yard throw in the air. I get it. Like that's tough. Fifty to sixty mm-hmm. and stuff. Then he missed him again, wide open in the middle of the field later that drive, wide yeah. open. Mm-hmm. Can't have that happen. Josh was great late. He had some accuracy issues early. Could have been the shoulder. And he was also running around to the right. And he usually makes that pass. He mm-hmm. usually finds one of those guys. Wasn't able to do it in this game. All those things you said though about the receivers. I think it's a really healthy, interesting discussion because I agree with you. You've got to throw the ball, Stephon Diggs. He's so good. He's the mm-hmm. number one. There's no doubt about it. Keep going to him. But Matt, yeah. like, if he's the only guy that's threatening you, mm-hmm. then you got to have other people step up and throw the ball. And like you said, maybe it's that. Maybe it's them. Here, I'll give you – how about this one? Why is Dalton Kincaid not the tight end on the field in that fourth and two? I don't know. I mean, it's Austin Knox. He gets the ball knocked and knocked away I from him. I mean, to me, that's – is it you don't trust Dalton Kincaid? Because he's mentioning everything. 
think mm-hmm. he's been targeted 17 times at 15 catches this year. I think I have the year it was something like that. Going into okay. The- Let me take it a step further. Should their base offense be an 11 personnel offense and not a 12 personnel offense? And should, the one, t- and should the one tight end be Dalton Kincaid? Because I think they might be their most dangerous with Diggs, Davis, Kincaid, and Hardy on the field. And then Kin- and obviously Kincaid is your tight end. Like right now, I really like Dawson Knox. I think he's a good player. And I think that they're going to need him to make a big play at a big moment somewhere down the road. But what is he providing that Kincaid is not right now? Sure, it's a better blocker, but if it's passing down and if you're going to be an offensive, if your identity is going to be passing the ball, is the difference that drastic? I don't know if it is. Bills lose 29 to 25. Another piece of this is uh, Tyler Bass has missed three of his last four field goals. Mm-hmm. If he the makes the one, if the he makes the 42 makes yarder, it. yep, if he makes the 42 yarder, look, everything can play out differently. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But just in a vacuum, it's an eight-point game at the end of the game. They got to score and get two just to tie you. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. It's also, I mean, also, if you make the field goal, even if Miami scores that touchdown, then you need a field goal. You don't need a touchdown. Right. So That's then right. your plays look different because you're just trying to get in field goal range. Not to bring up bad memories, but it's like the 13 seconds with Kansas City. Yes. They were able to get to field you goal You said range. Miami. You meant New England, I think, but yeah. Yeah, my bad, my bad. I got you. I just want to make sure we're on the same page here, that's all. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's a concern. And the miss was bad. Like, it wasn't even it was, close. It was right in the center of the field. 42 yeah. yards. You got to make that. Yeah. You should have made. That. He should have made at least one last week. I know there are 50 yards plus, but you got mm-hmm. Tyler Bass. He's good enough to make those. Those are but These are the execution mistakes, which get me to reaction of fans and the overreaction that I want to talk about here after the Bills lose 29-25 to the New England Patriots. All right, post-game, it's always game day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, WGR Sports Radio 550, w- I, uh, WKBW. Tano nice catch, nice Buffalo. catch. Thank you, sorry about nice that. Nice catch. Um, all right, so I have to – I'm. I say this anyway. People on the radio listen to me know this, but I'm just going to say it here. Like, I avoid my mentions on Twitter after losses. Mm-hmm. Not be, I, I just – it's a you-know-what show. Yeah. And, I, and I apologize to those who want to have thoughtful, meaningful conversation discussion. I apologize to you for that. But I just can't do it, Matt, because I, I even peaked. This is why I even peaked once. I wrote my arrow up, arrow down column. I posted it. And the very first reply, two words, fire McDermott. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you lose. Fired Kent Dorsey, fire Sean McDermott, fire everybody. Everything sucks. Everything stinks. You got to have new coaches. Listen, the, I'm not telling you the coaches weren't great, were great today. I don't think they mm-hmm. were. I think Ken Dorsey's got to do a better job. I said arrow down. I gave one to Sean McDermott. I gave one to Ken Dorsey. You can't allow that to happen at the end of the game. You got to start early fourth and two, all that stuff. But holy cow, you got to make plays sometimes. Yeah. Right? Like, I mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't tell you here that Sean McDermott did anything wrong on the screen pass to Stevenson. That's – the players have to make a tackle. Yeah. Okay. I'm somewhere in the middle. I agree with you. Like, the the I guess it's overboard. Fire McDermott, fire Dorsey, all that stuff. I think especially with McDermott. Yes. But the Dorsey conversation is interesting to me. It is getting a little different, isn't it? It's getting a little different. And it makes you wonder what happens. I remember sitting in Detroit last year for one of those back-to-back games. I think I think it was the Browns game. And the offense was just flat. They scored a touchdown late in the half, and they ended up winning the game, and they looked good in the second half. But I remember sitting there and just wondering, like, how long is the leash on Ken Dorsey? Like, how much wiggle room does he have? And 
they figured it out for a little bit and then it was fine. And a lot of it was, hey, it's his first year. But what if this turns into a trend? It already is a trend. It's already three games. How many like more? At what bad- point? At what point do you really say, like, we got to make a, we got to do something here? Listen, it's not going to be Sean, and it's not going to be Josh. Right. Of course so not. naturally, it's going to be Ken Dorsey. If it gets to that point, I don't know. I, I don't know what the if there's like a tangible way of explaining when that's going to happen. If they have another bad game against the Bucks, and you've got an extra little time, do, do you make the move then? Do you do one more? I, right. I, I don't know the answer to this. For the sake of the Bills, you hope that it never gets to this point. And I want to point out to fans, after the game, Sean was asked in the postgame presser, how confident are you in Ken Dorsey going forward? He said, very confident. Yeah. Now, he's going to say that anyway. I get it. But mm-hmm. I agree with you that, and I want to be clear, just to back up what I said two minutes ago, I'm not telling you we can never have the discussion about moving out from Ken Dorsey. I'm not saying that. What I am mm-hmm. telling you is, though, every single failure of the offense isn't on the coach. You, players have to make plays. Josh Allen has to make a couple of throws he didn't make. He can't make the first play of the game was all Josh Allen. That is not Ken Dorsey calling an interception. Uh-huh. There was a Josh Allen made a bad read on the first yeah. play of the game. Yeah, but I know. at some point, even if you think like I do, hey, this is a lot on players. It's not just on coaches. Even if you think like me, at some point, new voices, new ideas, they can matter. It's on the players. And it should always be on the players more than anybody. But the players have to be in positions to succeed. And right now, it does not look offensively like they are putting guys in positions to consistently succeed. And I know that there's missed execution plays. The deep one to Diggs. The one a couple plays later to Diggs. The one rolling to his right to Davis. But those are plays that require Josh to be perfect. And that was the thing that was always so impressive about Brian Dable that on a fourth and two, you knew they had a play that was going to work. And everything seems so complicated now. And it doesn't feel like they've got any just like get out of jail free plays that they know they can count on. And it's, you know, fourth and five or seven or whatever it is on the play where Dawson, you know, doesn't bring that ball in. But like, why are there all of their options 15 yards down the field? On a fourth and set, why are we trying to stretch the field there when you need seven yards? You know, it's funny. I had this teacher when I was in elementary school or middle school and would play like gym softball and obviously three outs and then you switch. And even if you had two outs and you say like you were trying to turn a double play, he would like run out onto the field and he'd be like, that's it. Three outs. He's like, how many outs did you need? How many did you have? He wouldn't let you like go for the extra stuff. And I thought about that today because I'm like, How many yards do you need? Seven. Get somebody eight yards down the field and let them make a play. Don't try and further complicate things. You're talking about the one in the you're talking about the one late. I think it was fourth and three only. Was it no, they converted on that one. That was to Kincaid. I think the only one they didn't convert on was Dawson Knox. Yeah, but I thought that was longer than that. I thought it was like No, I think it was only a fourth and three. But well, look, I'll look. It's either way. It's it's, either either way. Point is still right because if you look at the screenshot. There's nobody ready at the first down marker. No, and it happened on multiple plays today where it was like, even if it was third and seven or third and six or whatever it was, and it's not just today. It's been a reoccurring theme, and this will be one where you can go look at the all 22 and you can say like, oh, look, there's that guy who's open, and he's only eight yards down the field, but if that guy is all the way on the left side of the field and Josh is rolling to his right, that's a 50-yard throw to try and 
gain six yards. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's it like, was only fourth and two, by the way, from the fourth and two. And how, but it seemed and I, like because everybody was further down the field. I don't disagree with you. I get you. way I get further you. down the field. It's just yeah. I I don't know. I don't I don't want you to be so boring that you just turn around and hand but, it to your running back. But you should have some sort of success, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this, um, or at least bring it up here in some capacity, like another game of Josh probably having ability to run that he didn't that one there at all on that play at all. I think he might've been able to run for the first down. If he, he leaks out right or left. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what they've told him. They probably told him, Josh, don't run. We need you to run later in the season, but on those, it, it should be like, don't run on first and second down or third and 40, but I don't know on fourth down on third down. Like, don't you think that's when your guy needs to make plays after the bills game? Because I wasn't there today. I watched the chiefs play. I'm watching Mahomes run all over the place and make all of these things, do all this stuff that Josh is absolutely capable of doing. But it almost feels like it has been coached out of him. And that's another reason why the offense is struggling, because they are their most dangerous and they are their most dynamic when they pose a threat of Josh running. And when you know he's not going to run, then you know you only have to stop him as a passer. And he's not his best version of himself there. Let him be the. I, I understand the thought I, I process behind it, but I don't. Yeah. I don't agree with it. Well, um, so Josh was officially only sacked once. He had six times he was hurried, but I didn't think the offensive line played very well. I thought this was no. one of their more poor games, and this is against a defense that does not have good pass rushers right now. Their yeah. top two pass rushers are both out in Judon and Uche, and I thought Osiris Torrance was probably his worst game. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe at least since the Jets. I mean, he wasn't great against the Jets, but you know, he was he was serviceable. This game out, he he made some, he did some nice things, but he he did, he had a couple of times where he had missed some blocks. He had, you know, uh, position he should have been in better. I thought Deion Dawkins had a couple like that as well. I didn't think this was a good game for the O line. No, I don't think so either. I think it was for the first time. It looked like I don't want to say it was a problem, but it certainly did not look like it was holding up. And I know that Josh, you said, was only sacked the one time, but it felt like there were yep. way too many instances exactly. where he was stretching plays and rolling to his right or occasionally rolling to his left to try and extend a play. And it just was not it, it didn't lead to high success rates for them, offensive, especially in the first half, obviously. No doubt. All right. Well, the Bills fall to four and three. I mean, not not a record you want to have right now, but no. look, I mean, it, it's a long season. We know that. We could say that right now as we speak. The Dolphins are trailing 17-10 at halftime. Of course, Tyreek Hill with a long touchdown catch on a mm-hmm. third down right before halftime. But, I mean, if you're a Bills fan, you really want the Dolphins to lose this game, obviously, so the Bills can stay within one game of them. Otherwise, they're going to be two games back. They'll be six and one. In the meantime, here come the Chiefs. <laughs> All right, the Chiefs now six and one on the year and taking a stranglehold of the West and of the number one seed, especially if uh, Miami winds up um, w- losing this game. The Bills are currently in the seventh spot for a playoff spot. They're at four and three. It's a long season. They have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. One mm-hmm. really good piece of news in this man, this game. I did not get one official injury report on the sidelines for the Bills. Interesting. Good, certainly. So I, I think also the game coming up in four days. Mm-hmm. I think they got out really healthy. I also wonder the guys that missed and Damian, not including right. Damian Harris. I mean, the main one I'm talking about is Ed Oliver. Would Ed Oliver have been close, but because you have a short week, I you wanted to make sure that he's available for the next game. Yes. Now, 
if that was your logic, it did not work because you probably thought you were going to be able to get a win without him, and now you didn't. And now I, I agree, but I think you could make an argument. It doesn't have to be you think you can get a win. I think it's if he plays and he aggravates it, you could be out mm-hmm. longer term. But if he doesn't mm-hmm. play, you got him for a Thursday and ten days later against the Bengals. Sure, okay, it goes both ways. Right? So you no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. You're not, I don't think you're holding him out because you think, hey, we're going to win this game. I think mm-hmm. you might hold him out thinking we just don't want to have something happen where we lose him for multiple games. Yeah, is this the last game before the deadline? It is, right? It is. The trade deadline, the Bills are in a good spot here because they get to play three days before the trade deadline, whereas most teams have to play and have the trade deadline the next day. While Bills will play four days, and that's two days for every other team. Will they make a move? I feel like they're going to make a trade of some sort. I don't know. Remember last year they did Naeem Hines, right? But, Matt, I just don't know what they have. They don't have money to make moves. What? what do you? They have no salary cap space. They're going to bring somebody in, like some corner that costs a lot of money or a linebacker or a wide receiver. You you got to make a move and then redo the contract. Like it's a lot of complicated parts there, and I don't know. And even then, I mean, most people be like, "I'm not." Well, no, no, you trade for my contract. You're paying me, right? So, I, yes, I have a feeling they'll make some sort of trade. I just people are going to be mad because they'll be sitting there on what Wednesday morning, going, "I can't believe Brandon Bean didn't do anything." Well, uh-huh. tell me what the cost would have been and how they're going to afford it. Any players immediately stand out to you of guys that they could go try and target or anything? You know. I mean, people are still talking about Patrick Sertan. I don't know. I didn't think the corners were a problem today, but they could be against other teams down the road. Um, talk about them. People talk about the other guy for Denver, Jerry Judy. Does Jerry mm-hmm. Judy help this offense? I don't know. I don't know what he has. He doesn't look great in Denver right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be a nice, a nice guy to have. Is he playing over Deontay Hardy and Trent Shurfield or Gabe? Like, what does he do? I don't know. And then, I mean, the one, if you could, if you could do something, it'd be Devontae Adams, but the Raiders have said, you know, we're, we're not trading him, but that would be a game changer. Do you think Mike Evans is available in any capacity? Son as last year, I, and he I had don't. to sign an extension. But I mean, if he is, you just you basically just tell him to stay in the hotel in Buffalo after they play. That's <laughs> what I mean. It's, around, like, right? it's a it's kind of a big game for them. They're three and three. I I don't know how much they believe that they're a good team. I I don't know the answer to that. If they think that they have something there, then obviously they're not trading their top target. But if they're so focused on the future and trying to set themselves up for success down the road. I mean, they didn't sign him before the season. And he basically said, if I don't sign now, like I'm yeah. going to, I think he said that I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think it was basically like, if you don't sign me, I'm going to go try and test free agency and see what's out there. Maybe I'll come back. The other name that's interesting to me, how about Harrison Phillips? I'd love to have Harrison Phillips back in some capacity because he's Harrison Phillips, but why is he, um, is he, because he I, plays for the Vikings. He's uh, he would I, have two years left on his deal after this year. So he has after this year because he signed one, a four-year deal, I believe. One year left on his okay. deal. He signed a three-year deal. I just think defensive tackle is a problem for them right now. Besides that, Oliver, I think they need somebody else who can line up with him and try. And you know, it wasn't a huge problem today of stopping the run, but it feels like it could turn into a problem. And obviously, so you basically swap out like and on the roster, you'd basically swap out him for Puna Ford. I mean, you basically. wouldn't cut Puna Ford, but he'd no, play over him, right? Based, that's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, I mean, they love Terrison Phillips. Love Terrison. Yeah, Phillips. I mean, he's making six point four next year on a base, though. I don't know. You know if you can afford that? I don't think you can. You don't have that much money to do that. But you'd have to restructure something and do something. Yeah, I think the most. I don't know if they would do this, but I think the most logical thing is I've. I think I've read a Dion extension. Is that probably the easiest way to open up some cap space? You could do that. Yeah. I mean, there are things like, well, an extension. Yeah. And I think you can convert some, you can convert some base salary and things like that. Mm-hmm. I just think 6.4 seems like a lot. I don't know, but the, the numbers matter. The money's matters. The player, 
yeah, I think that, um, you know, he's a Sean McDermott guy, right? I mean, I think yeah. that, would, that would help. But uh, yeah. more than anything, if you're going to make a move, like if you're going all in on this year, I think it's got to be a wide receiver. That's what I think. Probably right. I mean, we've talked about wide receiver a lot, you know, over the last few years, drafting one, finding one somehow, free agency, trade. We're back at it again, wide receiver. So let me ask you one other question. Sorry. Yeah. I know we're prolonging this. It's okay. If you were the Bills, would you trade Gabe Davis? No. For oh, like I wouldn't either. I'm just saying that would be a very attractive asset for somebody. Yeah, but I don't it still makes my team worse. And I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. Well, I'm like, okay, if you're the Bucks and you're oh, li- we're listening, we'll give you a Mike Evans for Gabe Davis and a pick. You making the trade? No. I mean, I, I just don't know how much better I am still. I, I want to add to give me more options, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you think he's worlds better than him, I guess you could say that. Maybe you do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're still taking a guy on that you're going to lose next year anyway. So, yeah. I think D- Davis is younger. Gabe Davis, he's not a shoe in to leave. He might. No, no, I don't think so you know, either. I think, here and you I think they want to keep him. Yeah, so no, I, I'm not eager to trade D- Gabe Davis. I mean, One other name we didn't say. Yeah. Hunter Renfro? You in? Interested? Is he Care? playing over Deontay Hardy? Is he playing over Dalton Kincaid in the slot? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'd, 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 not Kincaid, but I don't know how much Hardy is shown. I thought Hardy was going to be utilized way more in this offense than he has so far this season. Way I more. I mean, what did he? Much this year, but no, he's not. No, these at are all. nice names. I, I just, I here, here's when anybody Hardy gives me one these catch names, like you're today. doing. Like, I try to figure out like. Okay, great. These are names, but like, what are they actually doing for this offense? What are they gonna? Where are you putting them? How much are they gonna play? Is it worth it to do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, you I don't know. know. I, I'll say it this way, Matt. I'd rather elevate Andy Isabella than some of these things. I don't know if I've, I'm there. I mean, I don't know Hunter Renfro. I don't know what he does for me right now. I don't either. But maybe the unknown is the thing that's kind of yeah. like sucking me in i i I don't know i I don't know what they're gonna do but they gotta do something offensively and it just feels like the weapons that they've put there aren't up to the level that they need to be whatever here's what you do you go out and you find whoever has played the best first quarter football of their career and you bring them in here (laughs) because you need that in the first quarter they need a guy here they can help in the first quarter all right we gotta we gotta go we gotta get to bed get some sleep we all got uh to wrap up this thing tomorrow and look ahead to the buccaneers on thursday night so you know what the schedule looks like this week uh, for the Bills? Yeah. Um, they are, I believe, they're having their normal Monday Zoom press conferences with Sean McDermott, and then Tuesday will be like a normal Wednesday. Okay, and then they don't do anything, just like a quick Friday workout on Wednesday? Like Pretty a quick much, walkthrough, yeah. basically? I believe so, yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay, yeah, it's going to be weird. Made, folks. There you go. It's a weird way. It's a weird, weird, weird week. And then week. Friday will be like a normal Monday next this coming week. Okay. With, and uh, then Zoom calls after. So Okay. All right. Well, and now I got my get back on track the following week. And now I got my schedule for the week. So thank you. <laughs> you got it. All right. From Matt Bovey, I'm Sal Capaccio. Download, listen, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, WGR Sports Radio 550, Sal Sports YouTube page. So you can watch us right here. Say hello and goodbye. And it's always game day in Buffalo.